Lord, to just send your anointing in full measure, that, that the word would come forth strong and plain and understandable to the people, that they would grasp what you are saying to us and how you work with us. These are things, Father, that we need to know about you and how you deal with us to make our lives better. So we look for improvement in our lives today and every day. The path of the just is as a shining light that grows brighter and brighter into that perfect day. So we thank you, Lord, to shine your light upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we are going to talk about newness and what that's about. Revelation 21 and verse 5. Actually, I'll start in verse... start in verse 3 I think it says here and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and so you know who that is that's Jesus living Emmanuel God with us within us and he says and he will and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and their God And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is the thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. And so God says here, he says, look, I make all things new. And so uh, that is speaking in somewhat... In the book of Revelation about uh, the, the new Jerusalem that was coming down from heaven and the new heaven and the new earth. You know this earth is, don't fall in love with it because it ain't going to be here forever. Huh? All you uh, planet people and earth people and environmental people <coughs> who would rather, uh, you know, uh, give permission to, to abort a baby at, at nine months. But you'll, you know, go across the earth to save a little baby eagle or something like that or or save a tree or I'd rather save a human soul because we will live eternally somewhere. And, uh, you know, if I had to make a choice, you know, so it seems that people are making choices like that. All the people who are afraid that man is going to destroy the earth, I got news for you. God's already got that, all right? He, ain't, he has not created a race of people yet that could tear something up that he didn't want to have torn up. When it's destroyed, it'll be God who does it. My advice to us Christians is don't drink the Kool-Aid, okay? You spit that Kool-Aid out. <laughs> you know, it might taste good in your mouth, but spit it out. You don't swallow that Kool-Aid, okay? Because those people do not have a God. That's why they're looking for something to worship. You have a God to worship, amen? 
so spit out the Kool-Aid, okay? All right, so anyway. Um, But the newness that God is bringing into the earth and bringing to us as his people, he is always making things new for us. And so there's something about newness that God wants us to understand. There's something about why is that important? Why is it important to you to have something new? Why is it important to me to have something new? Why is it important important to God for new things and to bless us with new things? We are made in the image of God. Many of the things that we enjoy, God, we enjoy because God created us to enjoy those things. So when we talk about things that are new, we need to understand what he means by new. And new really, if you just give a dictionary definition, it's, it's something that did not exist before. So in newness, there is a, a coming forth of a creative process, an unveiling and a revealing of something that was not there before. Also means to be made. When something is new, it has been created. Amen? So a new thing is a made thing. I'm not talking about your mafia made stuff this is something created by god to be new means to be introduced or discovered recently or now for the first time so it it, is something new may not be new as far as its creativeness is concerned its creation but it might be new to you because it's something you haven't seen before and you haven't discovered before It also means to be up-to-date, current, the latest. Everybody wants to be fashion-forward. And Why do those people say whenever Apple announces they have a new edition of that same phone that they already charge too much for, why do those people sit out all night long? There's something in newness that everybody desires and everybody wants to be the first to have what's new. Amen. God also understands that. That's that's what we desire. It also means state of the art. Contemporary. Advanced. We laugh at people still having flip phones. They say, you got a flip phone? Huh? <laughs> it means recent or modern. It means cutting edge, leading edge. There's an, uh, an implication here when you use words like leading edge that you're you're the first into something important. It puts a Uh, uh, something on that person who possesses what's new as somebody who is a leader, somebody who's willing to step out, somebody who's willing to break away from the pack, step out of the mold, so to speak. And so there is a a connotation in newness of, of somebody who is a leader, somebody who is a risk taker, somebody who is on the cutting edge or the leading edge, there's a, a, a implication of fearlessness when we talk about somebody who is involved in the new. 
And so there are many implications here when Jesus says, I make all things new. That's why the devil's always trying to uh, look at or typify Christians as boring, dead, dull, old-fashioned. But really, we cutting-edge people. Hey, we edgy people. We are risk-takers. We are out here involved in something that's never been done before. When you're preaching the gospel, you're bringing good. Can I hear that? Say it loud for the people on the internet. You're bringing good. Thank you. So we are cutting edge people. We are people who are pioneers. We're carrying a message that's new to people. I don't care who you tell it to and how many times they've heard the story of baby Jesus and the story of Christmas or whatever. When you start breaking it down to them by the anointing, it's news. Amen. Because they're able to apply that to their life and their situation in a way that only God can reveal to them. So as Christians, we're not old-fashioned people. We understand that whatever it is that the devil's running through the earth right now trying to imitate God's new has been done before. It's failed already before. It's been tried, and it didn't work the last time it rolled through here. Amen? So we are the new. Uh, We are the people who carry the new. It means something that's already existing but seen, experienced, or acquired recently or now for the first time. So new things can be things that exist already, but they're repackaged and and re-previewed in a different way. Amen. You know, I, this it, uh, sometimes people who are really frugal with their clothes. You know, if, if a hemline gets shorter, you take your skirt that's old and you cut it off some and, and elevate the hemline, and it's new already. It's fashionable again. So new can be a modification of the old to bring a fresh vision about it whatever whatever your visual says it is will tell you if it's been altered or not if you you look at things that say you do have to to alter something something old you have to rework it and you'll show it to somebody and say oh that looks and that just you sold <laughs> that's only ten dollars right there you know what i'm saying we <laughs> repackage everything and make it put a nice new fresh bow on it or something like that. Now, y'all know that. Don't sit down there and, and get quiet on me. Y'all done did that last week. That little gift under the tree that looking kind of sad. Nobody, oh, I bought this for so I forgot to give them. Oh, I can take this and give it to them. So don't tell me y'all don't repackage, repurpose. Huh? It's people that's making a living off of that kind of stuff. Those fixer-upper people, that's typical of what they do, huh? Y'all have been shiplapped so many times. And this was, is that that same wood she keep carrying every, and it's working, it's working. As long as it's working, they should get that smile out. They say, I can't believe this is the same house. See, so she had to repurpose that same old wood, huh? So sometimes you can make new out of something that's old that's just re reworked again. Mm-hmm. You can do that. 
And so God knows there that he has created us, though, with this desire for the new, and, and, and it comes from somewhere. What is old really means that it's lived for a long time. It's no longer young or advanced in years. You have to find value in old things in order to uh, be pleased with them. But in, in general, old has somewhat of a negative connotation to it, uh, just because it's not the most recent. See, old is something we're used to. It's been around for a while. It's, and I talk about myself. <laughs> it's been reworked, <laughs> pumped up, <laughs> you know, vitamined up, revived, and shaken up, and uh, put on the treadmill, see if we can get her going again, and all that kind of stuff. But but there is something about aging that's negative, and it's because it's connected to sin. Got me? Sin is what causes aging to happen. Am I talking to, is this a Salvation Army group or AA meeting? Or? Now, I'll pass the mic around if y'all want to give y'all a little AA testimonies. Huh? My name is Avis, and I'm an alcoholic. But I've been sober and clean for like three months now. Uh, we can do that till the end of the service. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Shirley. We're in church, right? That's good. All right, so we're in church. So we have to figure out what it is about newness that excites people, makes us anticipate, that brings joy to us, brings a a different kind of force into our lives, why it is that people will save and save and save. Well, not anymore. They used to. Everything's done on credit now. But for for a new car, a new house, new is always better than old, even if it costs more. You got me? Even though the payments are, are stiffer, there's something about new. You know, people will say, ooh, this, this has got that new car smell. Huh? They even got some, some deodorizer you could spray in your old car and give you the new car smell. Huh? So there's something about new that, that excites people, and, and it is for a reason. Uh, we said that <coughs> things age because of sin, but God can come in and make all things new. Amen. Huh? Amen. That's why when you got born again, you became a new creature. The old was killed, passed away. It wasn't relevant anymore. It wasn't even active and alive anymore. And everything became new. There's the reason why. Jesus did not try to help us through the old and keep the old in force and in effect and put the new on top of it. He caused the old to die and pass away and then make everything new. Amen. He's not, he's not a mixer-upper. He's a, a, a person that, that brings the new because he knows the new existing by itself is much better than trying to mix it with the old. You know, some things aren't worth salvaging. You know, you if you have an old car that's rusted out, unless it's got some, some vintage value or something like that, you'll just start replacing the old parts because they're no longer valuable. And so there is a po- place where the old is no longer valuable. 
There is a place, however, where the old is highly valuable because there are things in in old things that never lose their value. In fact, they increase with age, but that's rare. But in general, what God does away with is done away with because of the process of sin causing deterioration on it. Uh, our bodies tend to, to lose their vigor and lose their strength and that kind of thing over the years. Uh, you don't believe it? Keep living. <laughs> I know y'all see y'all see the pictures of them, uh, the uh, them, some of them. I'm 80 years old and I feel great. I say, yeah, but you know, I'm feeling is one thing, but you know what I'm saying. Nothing but a feeling. But, uh, you know, we, we have to understand that there is a purpose for new and renewing of things. And so God has set us into that now in this new year. We have new time now. We have new, uh, we can expect good things, even though it's not right to quit expecting them in the old year. But we can expect good things and great things because he has put us in a new time. So what is it about newness that attracts us and makes us feel special? Man, things, there's something there intrinsic in man. And, and I was looking through uh, the book of Genesis. And if you go there to verse uh, chapter 1 and start in verse 27, it, it kind of gives me an understanding of what newness there's something in us in our creation that makes us appreciate the new. It just does. Uh, if there were no new things, it would be kind of boring. You couldn't anticipate a change in anything in life. If, if nothing new was ever introduced to you, it would just be the same old. Uh, it would be Life would be even extra hard because we're trying to make uh, um, something uh, uh, enjoyable for us that has lost its intrinsic value to bring joy to us. I'll put it that way. So in Genesis chapter 1, we'll start in verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Look, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of that tree yielding seed so you shall, it shall be for your meat and to every beast of the earth, every fowl of the air. So really what God is doing here is introducing Adam to his new environment. And so God's kind of like excited about this. If you look at the, the flow of his conversation, it's like, Adam, come here. Look what I got for you. I give you fish. I got you, you know, the, the birds. I got, you know, you can take care of this. This is all yours. This is going to be wonderful. I've given you the ability to, uh, to, to live freely in this environment. And it was like every day was an experience in God. 
because every day the Bible says God met with Adam every day in the cool of the evening and they talked about things and it was always I believe let me throw this in little writer's embellishment new and exciting I think every time you talk to God in covenant it's always new and exciting you know and he's excited amen he's excited to share with us who we are this is a new experience that's why the devil always tries to make christians uh you know you got to walk around with the sour face you know in in all the dead churches that we came from you couldn't raise your hand people if you if you try to get excited about god people you know and the ushers come and cart you out you know all that theatrics and huh you know, I don't care if, if what you're doing is put on. That's your business. You ain't praising God for me. That's between you and God. Huh? Amen. You know, the, David's wife got in one of his many wives. He wasn't supposed to have but one, but he had a bunch of them. But it was working for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So whatever. It was wrong. It was wrong. So, But you know what I'm saying. They did that. They borrowed ideas from their neighbors but but one of his wives got in trouble for criticizing him for praising god and so there's trouble for us when we interfere with this excitement that people feel about god you got me there's an excitement that must be felt in the things of god and that's why god makes everything new that's why he brings newness with him that's why every time the word is breathed on by the Holy Spirit, it's, it brings you understanding, which is new. He brings knowledge, which is new. And people will say things, well, this is a familiar scripture. No, it ain't. You might have read it before. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But when God breathes on it, it's new, honey. Because it's feeding you now. Ah, you were hungry when you came in, and you've got the same scripture. How many times have you read Genesis 1? Well, I'm not going to put nobody on the spot. Did I get to that part yet? I know I had this Bible forever, but... You know how we do. Uh, We be looking at it, though. Be carrying that Bible with us. (laughs) But once God's breath gets on stuff, man, it's totally new all over again. And we need new every day. We need new every day. You need to have that scripture speak to you like it's never spoken to you before. You need to have it, 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 you know, and your attention span is different. You know, some of us got the the attention span of a gnat. (laughs) You know, and it's, we off to the races on something else, you know. We call it multitasking. I call it a little crazy. You know? Don't multitask on God, okay? Just give it your full attention. Huh? That's why he tells us to attend to his word. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. I always look at him as slapping me and says, snap out of it, Bart. Now pay attention here. I got something important to say. You know, it's got to be like that. And that makes that new deposit of the word in you. Why? Because the world is killing us. It's wearing us out. It's wearing your mind out. It's wearing your thoughts out. It's wearing your brain out. 
Oh, somebody say amen. You know, we don't think this is automatic. Like, I come to church, I sit there, and I'm good to go. You better be paying attention while you're in here, man. If you could see the demons packed up at your job already waiting for you from the minute you step in there on Monday, they waiting for you. You better pay attention on Sunday. Huh? The devil's limited. He's, he can only work in a certain realm because he's retarded. Nothing against retarded. And you know, yeah, work, watch what you say. He's slow. He had a head injury, <laughs> a brain injury at Calvary. <laughs> Crush his head. Got a little crushed head. He, permanent headache. He had migraines. That's the way. But uh, some of his Kool-Aid will poison you. You know, you sit up, you drink that all week long, and you're in bad shape. Because the world is killing us little by little. So you need to go and get renewed in the new. Every time you get something new from God, you've got to get something to combat this stuff that the enemy is constantly bombarding us with. Accusing us. You know, we we accuse ourselves. You know, this, this train we get on sometimes of uh, uh, if you've been faithful, you've been praying, you've been diligent. You know, just go chill out. You know, eat a ham sandwich or something. But, oh, no, we can't do that. We got to sit up and think. That's where you get in trouble. Huh? Wonder why. Wonder. This is is where the problem comes in. Instead of just chilling out, say, I'm not going to mess in my head today. Leave it alone. We go to wondering why. (laughs) And you don't really want to know why. You're just playing around in your head. You see if you can find something to fish around to mess you up for the day. And sure enough, we find something. I wonder if I prayed longer. Well, you ain't going to do that, so don't even wonder about it. So. Just hope God is honoring them shoddies you be doing. And then drive-bys you be doing at the devil. You know, half-binding him, hope he heard you. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that God has worked into our lives this desire for excitement, for discovery, because that's when he created man, he put man in a place of discovering things because man was newly created. So God had to fill our our minds with knowledge. He had to fill our spirits with the fruit that we could live off of, you know, and, and desire good things. Uh, we're a spirit being, so we have to take care of the inward and the outer. And so this is a place to for God to constantly stir us up to grow, to know, to understand, to be able to be creative like he's creative, all of those things. And it's easier for him to do that if he can introduce new things to us on a continual basis you know it just gives us something to look forward to something to get excited about every day when you get up there's something new god wants to show you in life so don't get up thinking about "Mm, i gotta do this don't get up with your list already you know put that list away 
that old dead stuff. Well, I got so much stuff on my to-do, to-do. You always got to-dos. They never get to none. Uh, it's always to-do, 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 to-do. You know, we try to be important with our list. Never get stuff. I used to say, I said, well, I got three things left on my list. And, and, and one day I thought to myself, where did I get a list from? You understand what I'm saying? And I learned how to give my day to God before I even get out of the bed and say, God, you plan for me. I know there are some things that I have to get accomplished, some commitments that I have. But you plan my day. Show me what you have for me that's new and exciting. And so I believe as God walked with Adam, he was, it was always new. It was always exciting. People get divorced because they're bored with their we grew apart. Well, how do you do that? I didn't know you could grow together. I just thought y'all was in the same house. You know, take, take all that, that, that nonsense out of your thinking. Uh, we grew apart. That's just some old Kool-Aid you done drank of the world. Telling you that stuff. The devil likes to put a new modern phrase on something. Talk about imitating new stuff. See, the devil knows our desire for new. That's why he'll pervert it, give you new phrases to say. I was looking at them, you know, and these little people get on my nerves sometimes. Uh, little people, big world people. Uh, nothing against little, okay? That ain't where I'm coming from. But, you know, you done found you a man. Stay with your man. Till death do us part. And she's sitting up there drinking this Kool-Aid. Uh, well, I've never lived for me. Well, who you been living for? It's kind of late to start now, sweetheart. You might as well go and complete the program that you got going on now. You got these little kids running around here. Don't look like nobody but you and him. But now you want to go out and date and get you. No, 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 no. Just slow your roll. Huh? Ask God to give you some new glasses to look at that old husband of yours and give him some new to look at you. You know, you just getting somebody else's recycle. Somebody else done already threw that man out. Huh? Because he wasn't acting right. Now you think it's a, ooh, look at that. He's just, I got a new boyfriend. I'm dating for the first time in years. You know how I feel about at my age trying to date somebody? Are you kidding me? Oh, it's just so new and exciting. Get real. You talking like an 18-year-old. Huh? Well, somebody thought it was interesting. Huh? But let's grow up here, folks. You can't go back all in years and try to pretend like this is new, interesting, exciting. Are you kidding me? It's exciting for me to get my, my knee-high holes on. That's what exciting is. If I can pull them bad boys up <laughs> and get out the house. You kidding me? I'm looking at it. I was trying. I know my car will need to replace my car at some point. 
but i i do not have a car that i get in at all that's comfortable for me to get in the suv you got to get a step ladder to get up in that bad boy they got all the bars and the hooks and the <laughs> i grunt everything oh yeah right I, i'm gonna date now it's so <laughs> myself about this one well let me get off of that because that's 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 my problem i'm getting like a telenovela around here so (laughs) i don't want to go there (laughs) ain't that a soap opera hispanic soap opera that's what i thought yeah i'm a telenovela i want to be a preacher again so anyway new things are novel and hold the promise of exploration and that's always enticing to human beings somehow exploring new things knowledge getting to know new things is exciting for people that's why there's such interest sometimes in these uh new devices that we have cell phones people stay on there forever clicking like on something i think this is really retarded when you think about it how much time we <laughs> then, then just to make it exciting we decide well i ain't gonna like that this time i've been liking them too much they gonna think some yeah they gonna think this is you know what i'm saying they gonna think i'm easy i don't want them to put too many likes on there for them so i'm gonna pass it up this time that kind of stuff withholding likes that gets to be the big exciting issue of your day we really messed up when that's but we do it anyway but see it's the excitement of exploration exploring new things and allowing our minds to have that experience of what it means to discover again and that's something that is very very important from for the human being is to always be able to get something that's fresh and new to discover something fresh and new to be able to understand something fresh and new people who get involved in cults and false doctrine do it because they don't explore 100 percent their christianity they don't take advantage of what's available in their christian walk you see people leave churches because they say well i've grown as much as i can i'm looking for more and there are many places where there is more to be had but my my question is this have you fully explored everything that is available to you through god in the place where you are because i'm only responsible to rightly divide and interpret the word of god through the gift that god's given me it's up to you to take that and do something with it so many times what people have not done is is understood what they're here for you're here to receive knowledge and revelation and understanding but then the exciting part is what you do with it are you doing what god wants you to do with it or are you sitting here looking for me to entertain you every week you understand i mean so to speak just give you something new all the time well she didn't preach that once before oh but you ain't heard this delivery on it yet it's coming at you brand new (laughs) oh it's brand new again 
So it's up to us through our interests to make things new and interesting. That's why people walk off in, of a marriage. They don't go through the effort to make it new. And if they take the same old, old dead stuff over into the new relationship, that'll be, it'll be the same thing for that too. That's why people have multiple divorces. You'll hear divorced people say this. I've heard them say it a lot. If I knew it was going to be this hard with the second time around, I'd have stayed with the first. Huh? Well, at least they're growing up and learning something finally, huh? Sometimes it's too late. You know, people have moved on, and that, that's the unfortunate part about it. New things are novel and hold the promise of exploration, learning, finding out. We feel special when we obtain something new. Uh, we do. We feel better. I can, I can tell the difference. I'll, sometimes I'll have something, and, and we, we know how in, in Christianity to bless one another with things that we possess. But when you wrap something up and, and put a, a, a bow on it or something like that, that's more exciting than if you say, hey, you know, I had this in my closet and I'm not wearing it. You know what I'm saying, that kind of thing. So there is a something in us that registers when new things come into our lives. Sometimes we, we are looking for, uh, you know, and I've done this when I've been in school, uh, you know, you get bored, you know, after about four weeks of this, <laughs> this crazy professor, you know, that don't know how to grade and don't know how to teach halfway. They talk in their shirt and all this kind of crazy. You know, you put up with a lot of stuff with people. They don't, I don't know how they audition these people in these universities. But if, if it was me, I'd be like, you know, like uh, some of these uh, talent shows. Give me a line of people all the way around the corner and get up here and do your best shot. We say, cut. But I don't know how they audition these professors, but they need to, some of them need, you know, some skills. That's all I can say. But, you know, after about six weeks of that, you about done had it. So I'm looking for, I said, oh, boy, how much longer were you? I had a girlfriend in school. We're in nursing school. You can go up to her any day of the week. You tell me how many days, how many hours, how many minutes until graduation. She kept it. She kept the wind down. Everybody goes, Judy, how long? She said, it's uh, a math major. But anyway, you know, it's just some people live like that. They live on the edge of boredom many times. And so, but these things are required. You've got to have this stuff. And so I'd be looking for the, the next course, and then in six weeks of the next course, that's dull too. You got me? And so I'm thankful for God because Jesus is the only man who's kept my attention nonstop for all of these years. And every time I talk to him, it's fresh, new, exciting. We got things to talk about. We got things to share. It's wonderful. I used to tell my husband, I said, well, I married you because you're the smartest man I've ever met. He'd just be blushing. I would say, you don't know who I met. <laughs> but anyway, this is another story. <laughs> I got a million of them. But uh, <laughs> as they say, but uh, when I met Jesus, I, oh, he way out there. Way out there. Way out there. So we need, we feel special when we obtain something new. We feel it has been set aside especially for us. 
That's the way you feel. You feel like, you ever have that feeling in God like you're the only one he's talking to, yet he talks to everybody and loves us all just the same? But you don't want to think like that. You want to still feel like, I'm the only one. (laughs) I'm special. (laughs) There's an excitement with the new. We're not sure what it's all about, and it arouses curiosity and promise. So new always carries with it the promise. There's a promise there. There's something different that's going to come about through your experience with this new thing that's come into your life. And that keeps people stimulated, stirred, keeps life interesting. It also opens up the creative aspect in our minds, in in our understanding of things in a new way. Um, I was trying to think of something. I always ask God to show me how to improve things just because I have a tendency toward boredom, some mental boredom. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to do what you know keeps you going. For you it might be something else. But I always like to ask God to intervene on just little small little things. And and he showed me something and I said, well, God. How old am I? Don't tell me. But uh, I said, I've been around all these years, and I never knew that. I was so excited to to get that little nugget of information from God and just incorporate it in what. I'll do that a lot of times when I'm cooking. Many times I cook just for the experience of having something new to do. You know, my mother used to get get on my case because I wasted a lot of food. But I'll do it sometimes because there's a creative element there. There's always something you can know about something and do something different. And so I'll invite God in. And see, that's God's domain is the new, the creative, the, the stirring up. And it keeps life interesting. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not going to go down with dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh, Amen. I'd have been crazy already, and I didn't like it, so I'm not going back. You got me? And so I'm not going there. Amen. So there's an excitement with the new. We're not sure what it's all about, and it arouses curiosity and promise. It stirs up the creative side of us. Sometimes you'll see people who are are just creative. Period. You know, they'll they'll create creativity sometimes is in the forefront in certain certain people's personalities when they come across something new they'll stop and kind of like tinker with it a little bit or or uh, manipulate it a little bit i was i was noticing that uh, i was one of the girls it might have been bianca but we were all uh folding some things or something we were doing something taking some stuff and stacking it or something. And she stopped and started folding it and putting it in different shapes and forms. I said, maybe he doesn't even move. But see, that's the creative. I'd like to let her stop and do that, you know, and see what happens as a result of, because you don't want to stifle that in people, because that's their lifeline to God many times. Amen? That's their lifeline to God. In Isaiah 43:19, Jesus talks about, uh, the word talks about the coming of the Messiah. He says here, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? 
so there is a place where the new that god brings can be missed by us if we're not looking for and anticipating anything new and so he says shall you not know it don't don't let this pass you by many times you know in 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 israel's history the bible says jesus came to his own but his own received him not he said you did you do you did not know the day of your visitation so they didn't recognize what the thing that was new was coming was beneficial to them this is the other thing about new things if people are complacent and and uh, this is uh, one of the things that 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 happens in the earth if there is a system that's already set up and functioning sometimes when new elements are introduced into it it becomes a threat to those who depend on the existence of the system like for instance we had an election here recently people were shocked at the results how many of you realize that that there was a prophet who prophesied that trump would win the presidency and it was god's choice so in that case you gotta put your politics aside because all the stuff you've been praying for has finally come to pass you got me see this is what happens with with change new things both in the world and in the church many times in the church people will pray for revival but when it comes they don't participate because they don't like the person that's leading it See, you think because you've been praying for it you own it but god already always owns it see what i'm saying and see these things newness and change challenge everybody because when god starts moving by his spirit if we were if your name wasn't on that as leader from the foundation of the earth you ain't gonna be the substitute you know what i'm saying we don't have no no six six man on the bench or something like that in god's kingdom you're foreordained for these things i mean even if somebody drops out and you pick up a mantle or however god wants to do it you're still foreordained god saw that dropout situation and saw you coming in and you're never a fill-in you're the choice you're not a substitute you're the choice you know there's people out there still scratching their heads well the poll said that that hillary's gonna lead in a landslide or win a la- i don't care what they said god already spoke on that so i just tell them like that you know the old pentecostal people oh honey you just bumped into god huh and see god knows what he's doing see we talk about revival and we think about we got to run out and find souls honey god can save people by stunning them just like that huh he can shock you into salvation huh all them people standing up in that auditorium crying and shocked they just bumped into god that's all that was huh media people i don't know how we missed it i do i said you didn't know this was the day of your visitation you didn't believe the prophet you didn't believe god was doing anything see people who don't honor god and don't acknowledge him think he's not even there no more and then one day god shows up and everybody's stunned huh i'm praying god has more stun involved in <laughs> ahead for everybody everybody 
this is God's country. This this nation was founded by God for God. <laughs> and you can't take it away from God. So I don't care. <laughs> care how hard you try, you'll never get this country away from God. I don't care what you what you try to do. So he says, Shall you not know it? When you he does a new thing, you better pay attention. You better go to praying somewhere, get on the internet and find some of them creepy websites you were scared of because they might have a word of the Lord for you. Huh? Instead of staying with the pretty glitzy ones, go find some of them they don't have way know how to spell, but they praying people. <laughs> God does this all the time. He does new things to test our ability to to pay attention he did it with moses in the burning bush amen it says moses stepped aside to see now they have what they call spontaneous combustion of of dry bushes all the time in the desert you know the heat just ignites them but this thing burned it wasn't burned up so if moses had not Stop to watch and see God can be so subtle in getting our attention sometimes you got me it's not always a blatant thing it's not and it's never the way you thought it if people have ideas about how this is going to go just forget them it's never going to be the way you thought it was going to be because that would make you God and many God finds out somebody down here false prophesying about something he's going to do it the other way people's attention are drawn to the new and god can inform them of his plans and intent in the earth through the new things what uh, isaiah was prophesying about here was god coming in the form of man the the coming of jesus christ he says he says thus saith the lord which makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. So God is going to do a new thing that will even outdo that. And he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God can take these places that we thought were... Uh, forsaken and dry see this is why i don't get upset with these environmental people because when they can't make money off of it anymore it won't be important to them got me so their their days always end when it's not financially but i know that if this earth gets to be threatened you can cry out to god i mean when you have a drought you cry out to god when you have a uh you have a need for uh, crops to be planted and, and wells to be dug you cry out to god and he will lead you to where the provision is that's part of the excitement of serving god but see if you don't know him you think it's nothing but a big problem you got me some of these young kids on these college campuses are being taught that this earth won't be here by the time they get retirement age and they're afraid of it so they're in darkness blindness and living in fear and then we have good news for them but they don't want to per- they want to persecute us and don't want to hear it because it comes with a tag of god on it you see what i'm saying so they want to have their fun and never check in with god about anything which is really foolish you know the bible says a fool has said in his heart there is no god he would have to not be here for you not to be accountable to him 
they say all crazy god doesn't judge are you kidding me it's judged already (laughs) his words already judged everything you think he's sitting up there waiting for for you to come up to him so he can tell you you're wrong you're already wrong look in the bible and see how wrong you are look at your life and see how wrong you are your life is raggedy something wrong and it ain't god second corinthians five seventeen pertains to the new creation man says if any any man be in christ he's a new creature old things are passed away what does that mean that means your old man is dead when you're in christ huh and if you get in the flesh he only halfway alive you ever notice that you're not as enthused about doing wrong anymore as you used to be huh so your old man is weakened decrepit been nailed to the cross he keeps wiggling off somehow trying to get involved in your life but when you're in christ you're a new creature old things have passed away which means they really don't exist anymore now the devil will try to keep bringing them up but he's talking about dead things things that you aren't even alive to anymore huh that's why where the bible says neither give place to the devil don't give place in your head don't give place in your thought life don't give give him place in your uh activities uh give him no thought but yet somehow he's able to get our attention with these things that have passed away that's why the scripture is in here jesus tells us they don't exist anymore you got me your sins your prior sins do not exist anymore he has forgiven you of everything that old life does not exist anymore i can remember when i first got saved i couldn't run into anybody i used to know as a sinner like i live where did them people go well it had passed away there's evidence that it didn't exist anymore you can't even go back and find some of them old huh ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six says he's giving us a new heart and a new spirit praise god huh heart transplants are so so common anymore they need a new heart huh i remember uh uh praying in scripture and i would always trust that scripture my heart is fixed my heart is fixed i recently had to have a a cardiogram they were thinking there was something wrong you know you go in there you in your 60s overweight they said oh we got her we house we can hit her up for some heart disease and some diabetes all them zds so i told the lord i said lord i know my heart is fixed i trust in you and and so when i had the cardiogram and she said well it's within normal limits actually it's it's an excellent 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 i said that's what i thought you was gonna say my heart's fixed thank you jesus for my new heart you can claim all these things i remember remember polly ely polly been living 20 years with where they threatened her with with some heart surgery or something 
that was the day she asked me to come pray for her. She was getting ready to go down there. She said, hey, I want to do a procedure, sis. Come on, pray for me. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, I got there, and the, the power went out. The computers broke down. They couldn't give me a pass to go up to see her. The elevator wasn't working. I said, oh, my goodness. Well, I'm just going to stand here and pray in tongues. Get myself in here. And uh, so I finally get, she was, they were wheeling her down the hall, and I passed her going down. She was on the gurney. I was walking to her room. I laid hands on her. I said, Polly, your heart is fixed. She said, I got it. So she went down there. She refused anything. They did nothing, no treatment to her whatsoever. She's still alive today and doing very well. She's doing very well. (laughs) While she was down there, her daughters and I got, got, note paper and we put scriptures all over her room just post-it notes all over everywhere in her room to keep her in the word and so you know you you have a new heart you have a new spirit you know when people accuse you of of not loving people it's that don't take that don't receive that you don't have to receive that you got me you have a new heart you can draw from that now you might you might need to show it a little bit more (laughs) we can all do some more of that you know what i'm saying (laughs) but there's nothing wrong with you you got me there's nothing wrong with you that needs fixing you're fixed already got me your heart is fixed you have a new heart if you're born again you got a new heart so you need to acknowledge it start obeying some of those promptings of the holy spirit you know don't ignore those sometimes it's you know you might have to humble yourself a little bit but start obeying those promptings a little bit more and and live out of that new creation amen amen isaiah 48 6 let me see what that says i gotta read that one how much time we got sister tanya sister tanya oh my goodness i can just I can paint the ceiling in that uh, <laughs> if I could paint. <laughs> I had two little marks of water marks on the ceiling in my laundry room to paint. I wound up with more paint on myself. I said, how did I get this mess? <laughs> it was more on me than it was on the ceiling. But I was painting. I was doing my due diligence. In Isaiah 48 and verse 6, I think it is, it says, You have heard, uh, thou hast heard, see all this. And will you not declare it? I have showed you new things from this time, even hidden things, that you did not know them. So this is the promise of God, too. There are things hidden from us that we don't know, that God has promised to reveal to us. Amen? These new things are revelations of truth. There are things we didn't know before. Don't ever think that because you've been saved and sitting up there like a lump on a log for 20 years, I just throw that in (laughs) just in case there's some lumpiness in us. But you know sometimes some of us more engaged than others. Thank God sometimes for trouble in your life. That keeps you engaged in what God (laughs) Thank God for needs that still need, prayers that still need to be answered keeps you stirred up and sitting on the edge of your chair in church amen (laughs) grab it (laughs) but these new things are revelations of truth 
God always wants to show us new things. And there's always new to know. Just don't get comfortable. Don't ever start bragging on your longevity in God. Huh? You just don't brag on anything in God because there's always new things in him if we'll make room for the new on the inside of us. How do you make room for the new? You start moving some of that old crap out. Huh? Isn't that what you do when you know you got new furniture coming? You can't beat people throwing stuff out. I, you know, that's why we do tree lawn shopping. Because huh? somebody threw something out just because they was getting something new. They probably threw something out that still had some life in it. And so we make room for the new by renouncing the old. In other words, don't, don't, don't brag on what you think you know in God. Don't try to tell me, well, I've been saved. I've been a member over there for a Huh? What have you done for God lately? Huh? Show me some evidence of that longevity. How many souls you want? Not that we're supposed to be counting. Do you have a prayer life? Is it a consistent? Is it a strong prayer life? Are you dependable? Huh? Well, show me some fruit for all of that longevity. Huh? Old things pass away. Amen. Everything is made new. So when that's when we have the newness of Christ in us, then God has our full attention. He has our full attention in the new man. The old man does not know God and cannot know him. He made us new to give us success. You couldn't have been successful living out of your flesh. And living out of your your uh, temporal knowledge. Now you might know some stuff, you know, like Paul say, "Hey, talk about degrees and abilities. I got them, you know." But that doesn't supersede what God can put in. He can outdo the devil any day of the week. Amen. Who can outdo him? He's just you know, God's casual conversation is deeper than the devil's deepest conversation. You got me devil ain't that deep all the deep stuff in life comes from god anyway amen it really does you you look at these uh innovations that come inspiration that's released into the earth many times god is is answering needs sometimes he does it sovereignly but oftentimes he's doing it as an answer to prayer where his people are crying out for certain things that need to be done now to give you an example that may seem like the connection isn't there, but if you think about it in God, you'll see the connection. People who are falsely accused and incarcerated because of basically circumstantial evidence. You know, and, and really, the more we get advanced in creativity and technology, the more we'll be shocked at how we used to think about things. And that's the other thing about the new when it's when it's fresh and new and it's purposeful and useful, it will put the old so to death that we'll look back and be shocked that we ever lived like that or we thought like that. You understand what I'm saying? But just because there are people, say, for instance, people who are unjustly imprisoned, and they know they are. These people pray. They're crying out for God. They're waiting for their release, whatever, whatever. Then some, some little chemist somewhere is, 
putzing around in his laboratory, and he starts finding out that you can see different, different characteristics in cells now, whereas we used to think fingerprints were the identifying marks that distinguished us as human beings, and that was an advancement. Now we find that people's cellular makeup is characteristic and different, and we can actually develop tests that can make that distinction. So now we have DNA to take people out of prison. Well, that's an answer to prayer that invention, creativity, and technology and the new thing had to take care of. So you can't tell me that these new medical advancements are not answers to prayer for people who are earnestly looking for release. Now, by the same token, we've got many, many people with cancer. They're making advancements in it, but comparatively, it's slow. You look at the, the quick release now that so many people are getting from jail just by this little simple test that they have. And look at all the money and all the research that's been done in cancer for so many years now and the slow progress that's made. But see, God has his way of allowing people to see what's new in a very dramatic way. And so when he starts making advancements like these testing advancements that can revolutionize a person's life, they can revolutionize the way that we look at criminals, the way now we can't, we can't look at people and judge them based on they got a history, they got a past, they were in the neighborhood, somebody saw them, they must have done it. Now we've got to have definite evidence now that puts them in that place where that crime was. And that's a revolution. And I know there are people now who, in the court system, who look at that, who have looked at the old way of doing things for many, many years and longed for a change because they knew it was jacked up. They knew it was a lot of people that went to jail that didn't have to go to jail because there was really not enough evidence. You were guilty until proven innocent. Now you can be innocent, really, until proven guilty. And so God makes he will come for our words if we say people are innocent until proven guilty then he's going to make us prove it now by making sure we can place them at that place where they are and so it's a good thing it's a good thing so in this way the new and creative things come in a way that god can bless humanity in general So God is not just looking to bless certain groups of people. Now he wants to do something for the good of humanity. He always wants to do that. If you'll notice when when, uh, innovation comes, it just doesn't come to one person. It used to be that way because it was slow. It seems like creativity and newness are speeding up for some reason. There's a reason behind this. And only God knows the reason is. But I think it's because there will be a a soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ the second time. And so we'll see things accelerate very greatly because God is wrapping up the time that we have down here on earth. God made us new to give us success. Your old life does not have to interfere with your new life in Christ at all. So there's an excitement in the new life. And we are finally free of our past life, and we can walk and have a clean desire for new things. Everything's so new about us, we don't even have to want things the same with the same motivation. I can remember when I would just 
sit and wonder when I, I guess, save up for this. It was on my mind almost constantly. Got to go get another job. You know, nurses, hairdressers, we just walk, work all the time. Need something, go, go out and get more hours. I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> I look back, I say, how crazy was I running around for things? When you're a new creature, it's not that I don't like stuff, but I ain't crazy over it, folks. Because my daddy got a lot of money, huh? And ain't like we can't afford stuff because he can get me anything. My little old faith, but you just your your heart's not in it anymore. And it ain't cause I'm old either. Yes, what you? Like she old, she don't want stuff no more. Honey, listen, I've been like this for over 35 years. It just don't drive me crazy no more. Huh? <laughs> when my husband was alive, I could drive him crazy for stuff. But you know, huh? those days are past too. So, huh? <laughs> that was a whole different game back then. Huh? So, many times too, when people are bored with their lives, they will choose new gods. It's in Judges 5.8. You have to be careful about this, Christians, because be careful what you like on Facebook. There's a lot of New Age Christians out there. They, they really don't live for God. These people don't live holy. They'll put a cuss word in a text and uh, in a post and put a naked person on there. You know, just delete them people. And, you know, don't try to like them. Because there's really nothing there to like. Really nothing there to like. In Judges chapter 5, did I say? This is very typical typical of people when they don't have strong leadership. One of the problems with Israel, you could see when their leaders got weak, they would drift off and start worshiping the gods that their neighbors had. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people, their abode, and their places. On, oh, that's Joshua. I'm talking about judges. Lord have mercy. That's the next one over, huh? <laughs> Between him and Ruth. Got to make Ruth move over. Move over, Ruth. Let me find judges. They chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? So it, they're talking about the, when they ceased, when the inhabitants of the villages ceased, they ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose and I arose a mother in Israel because they had chosen new gods. And so when people get, they feel like they've reached their whatever as Christians, know-it-all people. See, to me, those people never really were converted. Because once your soul is converted, it doesn't belong to you anymore to turn it over to some kind of crazy new idea. Once you're converted as a Christian, to convert something means to, to totally rearrange it and transform it. And so what you're, what's happened to you is your old way of thinking by the new birth has been so dismantled you can't put it back together anymore. only thing left for a Christian that's really been converted and don't like God's people are good. You know these issues we have. We've refused to grow up. You know, we uh, uh, all these people with church hurt. Now they got words for everything. Huh? Well, go get you some church healing. Go back to the place that hurt you and see if you can get healed. 
people don't have good sense, you know what I'm saying? But we walk around all crippled and they wounded me. They made me give in the offering. Well, you're going to get real hurt over here. <laughs> Your feelings got hurt by offering. You're going to really get upset up in here. Huh? But, uh, you know, people just, they get these goofy ideas. You know, the reason God gave, before he even gave the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was given with the power to forgive. You know why? Because that's your lifeline. What God presented first as your foundation, that's going to be your foundation throughout your whole life. You know, it's the baby Christian that says, how come I got to be the one to forgive? That's your life, nuts. Are you kidding me? Not only seven, but 70 times seven. Huh? Let's get real here. See, if, if you haven't added up that it's not worth it to you to make issue out of that anymore, then you need to go back to Christianity 101 because you ain't ready yet for nothing. You know, you can't go to church and make friends. How are you going to go across a, God's going to send me? No, he ain't going to send you. No, he's going to send you to church till you learn how to forgive people and you learn how to walk in love and take the, to take the phony smile off your face. Because <laughs> it doesn't cover a, a angry spirit, you know. You can't cover you can't cover that up around church people, not real church people. We got your number. We just love you anyway. It ain't worth it to me to go to hell over your attitude. Oh, people crazy. But that's why he gave it because that is the foundation of Christianity. That's your most important work that you must do is learn how to forgive all offenses immediately you know you have to have forgiveness residing in you you can't be sitting up thinking about whether or not you're going to forgive somebody the devil run over you with a mac truck while you sit remember the uh who was that always got run over was it road runner yeah and he would run over whoever that was whoever was trying to get him all the time Oh, it's the older coyote, and he'd be lying there flat on the pad, on the asphalt. The devil will do that to you. You sit up and think about whether you're going to forgive somebody, whether they're worthy to forgive. Let's go grow up. <laughs> but they chose new gods. I know somebody, and they're, they're now there. Uh, this person claims to be an apostle, and but they're always bragging about how much they go to school. See, for my money, they need to drop out and just go get with God. Huh? So so uh, they're signing their Facebook post, Namaste. Mm-hmm. I'm glad y'all don't know what it is. It's, yeah, the, you know, that's what the... Uh, the uh, Buddhist, it's a Buddhist phrase, and it's born out of spiritual ignorance, okay? because Buddhist people are ignorant of who God is, so when they do that and they say namaste, that means I recognize the God in you. They don't say who he is or how he got there, but we know for a fact God ain't in everybody. You got me? So here's a quote-unquote apostle 
of Jesus Christ using a word like that, he thinks that makes him seem intriguing, intellectual, higher than everybody else. I think he's a moron. You got me? And the reason... The reason I don't call him a moron on Facebook, I'll probably send him a a private message and say, brother, you got to stop this. Now, you're really on the wrong road because I've known him for over 20 years and I've seen him deteriorate. He's always had that little intellectual bent, you know, thinking that's something superior because, see, people, let me tell you the way the devil works in your head. People try to be uh, superior because they don't believe they're average. You got me? See, deep down, somehow, this man is so lacking, he's got to put on all this pretense. Amen? And, you know, he wants to talk about he's been accepted at, at some college. No, they just, you just got a grant somewhere. You just went out there begging like everybody else. That's my money you going to school with. You got the government to fork over. You got in some program for something, 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 something. Huh? And now you all better than everybody, so you think. It's pathetic. We have the best thing you could ever have going for you, and that is the life of the Son of the Living God dwelling in you. Trust me, it don't get no better than that. Don't be so crazy for new stuff that you go off the grid to get it. You know what I'm saying? That you go off of these 66 right here. Don't get so don't get so excited about anything that comes down the pipe. Because it's been done before. And it's taken people to hell before. And so you don't want to be in that line. But you want to be in that number that's serving God. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. 